very kind. Well, you stole my initial thing. I was going to wish you guys a happy anniversary. Um, before I share, though, I actually want to share something before I share. <laughs> Sound like my dad, don't I? Uh, <laughs> while we were worshiping and Pastor Don was saying, you know, to, to meditate on the promises that Jesus has, has given us. Hold on, i got to enter the password here. <laughs> what came to my mind was, and maybe this is for you, and, you know, my, my heart started being really fast, and I started getting really sweaty, and that's how I knew that I had to share it, because maybe it's for someone here, that Jesus said that in this world, you're going to face many struggles, many trials, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. Amen? So if you're going through something right now, fear not. Because Jesus has overcome the world. And because he has overcome the world, he made you an overcomer as well. You have overcome. We're just going to wait and see that come to pass. Amen? All right. So recently, uh, I was also going to share a joke, but it was so bad that I'm going to spare you. <laughs> but recently, we have been talking uh, about joy. Our theme this year is joy, right? We have talked about how to find joy in relationships, right? In marriage, in parenting, in singlehood. We've talked about joy in serving, in giving. Today, I want to talk about joy from a little bit of a different perspective, and that is how do we bring God joy? I wanna talk about this from a parent's perspective. As my dad said, I have three kids. Um, and so I want to talk about this, how we bring our Father God joy. I believe as children of God, and I believe all of you here, you know, you're coming, you want to bring God joy, right? We don't want to grieve God. We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. We want to bring God joy. How do we do that? When I told my husband Daniel that I was talking about this topic from the perspective of a parent, his immediate reaction was, obedience! And uh, honestly, that was also my initial reaction, you know? I mean, can I get an amen from the parents? How much easier would our lives be if our children would just obey? If they would just do everything that I said to do, their lives would be easier, my life would be easier, right? Right? <laughs> but I'm not talking about making God's life easier. I'm talking about bringing God joy, right? The kind of joy that you experience when you hear a baby laugh <laughs> or running and screaming <laughs> or that kind of joy that you get when you see a child open up a present that you, you gave them and they're just so excited, they can't wait. You know, that kind of joy that, that bubbles up from inside and you can't help but smile, right? How do we bring that kind of joy to God? Because I believe that he can have that joy, right? We are created in his image. And so, and Jesus also lived on this earth. He experienced all of those same things that we can, that we experienced. So we can bring God joy. How do we do that? First, I want to look at Hebrews 12. <clears throat> I'm sure many of you are familiar with this verse. Um, but I want to read it out of the Passion Translation because it gives such a wonderful depiction of the joy that Jesus experienced. 
So Hebrews 12.2, it says this. His example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. I want to read the note that they include in the the Passion Translation too. It says this, This was the joy of our salvation. He placed before his eyes the bliss we would forever share together with him, which empowered him to go through this agony. Instead of remaining in heaven's glory with the Father and all the angels, he chose you. He chose you as the joy before him. He desires you to the point of laying down his life and being God for all eternity to be with you. He pursued you, not seeing your weakness and failures, but what you will be. He can see what we will be in the end from the beginning. This was the joy that prompted him to become a man. I don't know about you, but when I, when I read that, I just, it blows me away. You are the joy set before him. You, just you, bring God joy. Nothing you can do, obedience, good works, whatever it is, you can't make God love you more or less. He already loves you infinitely. And we we just sang about that, you know. He loves you more than you can imagine. Of course, obeying him and doing his will and and doing those things, those make him happy, right? That, That does make him happy when you do his will, when you do what his word says. And, and, that makes it easier, actually, for him to be with you, right? When we're running into the will of God and we're running into his promises, it's much easier for him to be close with us instead of running away. But the real joy is you, just being with you. And, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, we had the Good Friday service, which was such a, a powerful portrayal of what Jesus went through. And I don't know about you, but I was weeping after the Pontius Pilate scene where people were screaming for Barabbas to be freed and crucified Jesus. And then we heard the sounds of the whipping. That's just a little taste, a small, tiny little taste of what Jesus went through to be with you, to be with me, to be with us. That is his joy. So today I want to talk about three practical ways that we can just be with God and bring him joy. So to do that, I'm going to share a little bit about my children and uh, bring in some analogies about them. Many of you have probably seen them doing laps around here if you've been here before. They're the ones, Daniel took them into VK today so I wouldn't be distracted, but (laughs) they, they love to run around they love to um, be active, and, and I love that about them. They're, they're, I love my children so, so much, as I know all parents do with their children. And, but the first thing that you need to know about my children <clears throat> is that 
they wake up early, really early. Like, I mean, the first rays of light have barely just touched the sky and Nina's eyes are bing, awake. She, <laughs> she is ready to play. And um, I'm, I'm a morning person too, myself. I like to get up early and, you know, start my day. Usually I can use a little bit more sleep than Nina gives me. <laughs> um, but she's ready to go. And on some mornings, there are there's these rare occasions where, and you should know, all five of us, um, you know, my husband, my three children, we, we co-sleep. So we're all in the same room. We have two beds pushed together. It's kind of crazy. But... <laughs> on some mornings, Nina will wake up at the same time as her brothers, and she'll sit up and look around, and they'll both sit up and look around, and they'll start giggling and laughing because they're all awake and they're ready to play. And so then they proceed to jump on me and Daniel and, come on, wake up, play with us, we're ready to go, come on, let's go play, let's go play. And... <laughs> It's hard not to catch their excitement um, at that point. Even if I am sleepy, it brings a smile to my face that they want me to join in with them. Recently, my, my sister-in-law, who lives in the UK, she visited, um, and she slept over our house one night, and in the morning, the kids were beside themselves, excited to wake up Auntie Becca, and they as soon as I said they could, they ran into the room, they jumped on the bed, and they dragged her out. They said, come on, Auntie Becca, let's play, let's play, you know? And okay, so I'm, I'm saying all of this, and those of you, um, either with children or not, you're thinking, this does not sound like something that would bring me joy. I don't want to be woken up at, in the early morning by the kids. I just want to sleep, right? But I'm, okay, let's talk about God here. Now, I know God doesn't sleep, right, in in his word, it says also, you know, he doesn't slumber or sleep. He's always watching over you. God doesn't sleep. But let's imagine Jesus, okay? Let's imagine if it was Jesus, you know, sleeping over my house. And he was woken up by laughing, giggling children. What do you imagine his reaction would be? Right? We all know the story of Jesus being woken up in the boat with the disciples who were saying, Oh, we're going to die, Jesus! And Jesus wasn't really all too happy with that kind of wake up, was he? Right? But imagine him being woken up from a nap or in the morning by children who are excited to play with him. I don't know about you, but I think, I think he would enjoy that. I think he would have a tough time saying no. I think he would wake up, start laughing with them, and join in. And so... And no, God doesn't sleep, and, you know, Jesus is in heaven with the Father and not sleeping. But what I'm getting at is God wants to be a part of your day. He wants you to invite him in. When, when you wake up excited to start your day and invite him to join you in it, I think it brings him joy. It puts a smile on his face when he knows that you, his child, want to play with him. You want him to be a part of what you're doing. And so, not just, not just in your head, right? We, we can acknowledge the presence of God, and he's always with us. We can acknowledge that in our, in our head, in our mind. All right, good morning, God, you know. But what I'm saying is out loud, like a child. In Psalm 5-2, I like how it reads. It says, in the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. 
In the morning, I will prepare a prayer and a sacrifice for you and watch and wait for you to speak to my heart. How do you think God would feel if we declared, in the morning, oh Lord, you will hear my voice. God, you're going to hear me. Good morning. Join me today. I know I said it this morning. I said it out loud this morning. God, I'm preaching. I need you. Use your voice. In the morning, just say it out loud. You know, my, my daughter, she's five. Sometimes she plays and she has her imaginary friends that she talks to, right? I don't think it's weird when I see her talking to an imaginary friend. You know, God doesn't think it's weird. And God's not your imaginary friend. He's your real friend. He doesn't think it's weird if you talk out loud to him. Who cares what other people think? Use your voice. God didn't just think the world into creation. He used his voice. There's something very powerful about using your voice and saying it out loud. When, when you're going to work, even if you're, you're on your bike, on, in your car, just say, good morning, Lord. I'm going into work today. Holy Spirit, will you guide me? Or if you've encountered a problem, you're, you're doing something and you don't know where to go, which way to turn, you don't know what to wear. I had that problem this morning. <laughs> Ask God, hey, Lord, I invite you in to this day. I want to do it together with you. Use your voice and invite God into your day. I believe that will bring him joy. So the second way that we can bring God joy has to do with dining. Uh, so here's another thing that you need to know about my kids and you probably would have guessed it, is that they cannot sit still. They literally just cannot sit still. They're always running around here and there, here and there, here and there. And one of the, and they're, they're very strong-willed. Um, they're very active. And I think these are wonderful, wonderful qualities. They just make parenting at this stage very hectic. <laughs> and one of the frustrating aspects of this is that Mealtime is a nightmare, every single time, every, every time. I cannot get them to sit down and eat. They just don't, they don't want to do it. Especially my, my first son, the middle child, Mikkel, he loves to just grab the food and run and drop it everywhere and ants are coming. And uh, So the rule is he has to stay at the table. So the way he gets around it is he'll just grab a bite and run. And then I call him back to the table, come sit, come sit and eat. He'll grab another bite and run. Or he's just, he likes to snack on things all day. And then at mealtime, he's full, so he doesn't want to sit and eat. He'd rather be playing. And, you know, one day I was really, really frustrated. <sighs> Mikael, why won't you just sit down and eat a meal with me? I just want to sit and see you eat, enjoy the food. Even if it's food he likes, he doesn't want to sit down. I'm like, I made your favorite meal. Please eat it. You know my frustration. So, but one day I was, I was saying this, and God said to me, Rachel, that's you. I prepare a feast for you every day in my word, but you prefer to grab and go. Come, dine with me. That really hit me hard. You know, God prepares a feast for us every day in his word. There's that song, you know, there's a table that you've prepared for me 
in the presence of my enemies, right? He's prepared a table for us. And even Jesus quoted from the verse in Deuteronomy, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. His word is sustenance. It, like it says in Romans, it literally brings life to our mortal bodies. We need his word even more than we need the food that we eat. We need his word. But too often, I don't know about you, but for me, indeed, uh, you know, we opt for snacks, for the word on the go. You know, things like, like a short devotional reading or a sermon podcast or, you know, in the YouVersion Bible app, they have that little verse of the day video. I'm not, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with those things. In fact, those are very good snacks, if you will. You know, much better than reaching for social media, TV, YouTube. You know, those are all content that you're inputting into yourself, into your brain, into your mind. You know, those snacks, uh, you know, reach for, reach for the verse of the day before you reach for TV, right? That definitely, you know, rather give your kid an apple than a chocolate bar, right? But those aren't meals. They're not the meal that God wants you to have with him. God wants us to sit down and enjoy the feast that he's prepared. And I'm not saying that you have to sit down for an hour and read through, you know, a whole book of the Bible. You know, some days it might just be like a fine dining meal. You might just meditate on one verse. You know, there's not a lot there, but it's top-notch quality. Some days it might be a buffet. You might be reading through and you just don't want to stop because God keeps revealing things to you. You know, it's not going to be the same. God is the best chef. He's he's always got something new on the table. If you think that the, the, you know, the word of God, how long has the word of God been around and we're still getting new revelations all the time from it? It's so deep. There's so much to enjoy. Just go and, you know, the Lord wants you to sit and and let your mind be open, your heart be open to what he wants you to enjoy for that day. You know, whether it's in the morning or at night or, you know, uh, or during your lunch break or whatever it might be, just set aside a little, uh, a chunk of time, you know, to just sit and enjoy the word. And I find for me, when I do this, it's hard for me to use my my phone or, you know, a a device to do this because there's so many distractions. You know, if you have a a hard, what do you call it, a hard copy Bible, use that. You know, use a book. Yeah, that's right, a book. Yeah, you know, (laughs) not quite a millennial, but yeah, almost. So, (laughs) but use that, you know, and I love, what I also like is I like to write, write out what the Lord tells me, you know, when I'm meditating, um, something about writing by hand. For me, it really helps, and for you maybe too. You know, if if you don't have a hard copy book Bible, let me know, because I'll get you one. You know, sit down and dine with the Lord every day. You need that. Otherwise, you're going to go hungry. The third thing so we have invite, invite the Lord into, the, into your day with your voice. Dine with the Lord in his word. The third thing that brings God joy is when you become who you are meant to be. 
God loves you just the way you are. You don't need to change to earn God's love. You know, just like I said before, you don't need to do things or, you know, obey or, you know, reach a certain standard before God will love you. you God loves you just the way you are. But just as parents get joy seeing their children grow and become themselves, God gets joy seeing you grow and become the you that he already knows you can be. Right? It's in that note earlier. I'll just read that part again, you know. He can see, what does it say? <clears throat> he can see what we will be in the end from the beginning. So he already knows. He already knows what you can be, who you can be. It doesn't bother him that you're not there yet. You know, it's, it's like watching a baby grow, right? My, my youngest uh, child, Cody, he just turned one. And the first year of a child's life, there's just so many exciting developments, right? First you go from the, okay, he's, does he have the neck control, his bobblehead, you know, he gets the neck control. Then he learns how to crawl and roll over and sit up and starts eating. And right now, Cody is already walking, nearly running. Um, he's <clears throat> got two older si siblings that he's trying to keep up with. So <laughs> he's, uh, what his ex most exciting development lately has been learning how to talk. And what made me really happy was that out of our three children, he is the one who said mama first. Uh, my other two said daddy, so Cody's my, my baby. <laughs> he said mommy first. And after that, he learned how to say dada. And I thought the other day, I think I heard him say doggy, so... Uh, he's learning, and it's really exciting, right? Every word that he learns, we get excited, and we praise him. Yeah, good job. You know, he's speaking. I know that he's going to be able to talk fully one day, right? He's, he's hopefully, hopefully going to speak at least two languages, maybe three. But, you know, we'll just get him in English first. Um, but it doesn't bother me that he's not fluent yet. He's a baby, right? I'm, I know that he will get there, and I'm going to support him and help him learn and help him get there to being fluent, um, you know, and, and he'll get there. But it brings me joy throughout the process. In the same way, I believe it brings God joy seeing you develop, seeing the process of your development. When he sees you becoming who he created you to be. You know, God knows all of the talents and the skills and abilities that you have, all of your potential, even better than you know yourself, right? He knows all of those things that he put inside of you uniquely. <clears throat> it doesn't bother him that you haven't fully utilized all of those yet. It doesn't bother him that you can't do everything that he knows you can and will do. He's enjoying this process of watching you learn and watching you develop, and he's going to support you the whole way to see you get there. Like it says in Philippians 1.6, and I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So God's not going to give up on you. He's not going to stop. No matter if you hit a roadblock and you're not, you know, developing or going as quickly as, you know, he, he knows you could maybe, or, you know, you're, as quickly as you want. Many times I think it's ourselves. We want to do 
more than we can right now and we're not there yet and we get frustrated with ourselves and you know God is he's relaxed about it he's not worried he's going to support you until the work is finished and I don't know what God has specifically for each individual here but I do think it's worth taking time to reflect with God on the areas that he desires to see you grow in not just your talents. I'm not just talking about what you can do, you know, with if you can sing, if you can, you know, play piano or guitar or drums or whatever. You can, you can speak, you can whatever. I'm not talking just about your talents. I'm also talking about areas like forgiveness, generosity, humility, regard for others. You know, me lately, I'll just be honest with you, you know, the couple of areas that God's really <laughs> hoping that I'll grow in are patience and gentleness. You know, and I can say, honestly, I am not a naturally patient or gentle person. I'm, I'm not. But you know what? I have the Holy Spirit in me, which means that God put it in me because those are fruits of the Holy Spirit, Right? So even if you're not a naturally kind person, that's a fruit of the Holy Spirit within you, and God wants to see you develop in that. You're not naturally good at controlling your urges. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. And I believe it brings God joy when you take the time to reflect on that and, and ask him, Holy Spirit, teach me. Teach me how to bear that fruit. Teach me how to have self-control. Teach me how to be patient. So my challenge to you is this week to really just sit down with God and ask him, what are the areas that you want me to grow in? And maybe it is one of your talents. Maybe he wants to see you utilize your talents for his glory and you just haven't because you're, you're scared or shy. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's like me, the fruit of the Holy Spirit that, you know, he's looking for that fruit there and... I got I to gotta work with him to make it happen. You know, maybe it's an area like humility, you know, whatever it might be. Ask him what he wants you to learn, where he wants you to grow, and he's going to support you. Just like it says in James, if you ask of the Lord for, the, for, for wisdom, he's not going to say no. He's going to give it to you. He's going to teach you. He wants to. He's your, your father God. He wants to see you grow. So again, <clears throat> the main point here, God just wants to be with you. You bring him joy. And a, a few different ways you can be with him throughout this week and, you know, in, in the days to come is inviting him in with your voice. Use your voice to out loud invite the Lord into your day. As you begin it, as you go through it, if you see a nice sunset, it's okay to invite him in to enjoy it with you. And, you know, you can invite him in with your voice. You can sit down and dine with the Lord. Get your sustenance from his word daily. And let the Holy Spirit show you what areas you need to grow in, where he wants to see you developing. Let him guide you there. Let him help you fulfill the potential that he put inside of you. Let's pray. God, you are such a good father. I thank you so much for your love that never changes, that's never failing. 
You are so great, Lord. We want to bring you joy. We want to please you. We want to be close to your heart, Lord. So we invite you in. I invite you in, God. I invite you in. Just take over, Lord. Take over my day. Lead me. Show me what you want for me. And God, I just thank you for your word. Thank you for your word that brings life every day. Show me the feast you've prepared. Show us all the feast you have prepared for us to enjoy. And teach us, Lord. Teach us how to be who you created us to be, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I can never thank you enough for all you've done. Thank you that you chose us as the joy set before you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God, I'm so proud.